Hello and welcome to the Livestreamer Backstage Podcast. I'm Alec Johnson and this is a weekly show where I interview fellow live streamers to understand how they are using live streaming as a tool in their business and to discover the tech, the gear and the software that they use to produce great live shows. My guest today is Alicia Way, a recording artist, singer-songwriter, producer and stage performer, a lifelong content creator in fact since before the term content creator was even created. Alicio is, of course, a video content producer and live streamer as well. And I'm really interested to hear about Alicio's content creator journey into live streaming and how the skills that he has honed as a stage performer and musician translate over into live streaming. And I'm also interested to learn how he's using live streaming as a tool to complement his music and other business ventures. I'm also really keen, though, to understand how he has approached creating an entire business around providing content creation and live streaming production as a service to others as well. We will, of course, be also talking about the dopeness that is Alicio's studio. I've got a huge amount of admiration and respect for this man and really looking forward to this conversation. So without further ado, let's welcome Alicio Way. Hey, Alicio, how are you doing, sir? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Do I got my applause here? (laughs) Yeah, that's the old applause. I got to put the new applause in there. With the, it sounds more. That sounds more like in the valley somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I want the same applause now. What's going on, Alec? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks. Thanks so much for being here. And uh, I know you've got other things going on there at the moment in Orlando. So I do appreciate you uh, you, you coming through, man. <laughs> we are in the middle of a, of a probably a hurricane, Cat Three or Cat Four hurricane tomorrow. But it's not here today. So we working today. Cool. Today, we're here. You know? if, if, if it's not here yet, we, we own. We still own, man. So uh, thanks for having me, man. I know, I know you said you have a great deal of admiration for me. But believe it or not, man, like, you know, when you first came on my, my radar and I was just seeing, like, how humble you were, how, you know, giving you were and how how you know knowledgeable you were and how you were just like so active in the community that is ecam and even just in the content creation community i was like yo i like this dude vibe and from there i hit you up and we began to talk and form our you know relationship and i have a great deal of respect and admiration for you as well just how your work ethic is just so man impeccable dude like i told you before like we we did a coaching session with you and i told you i got i got a pay you as one of my coaches to help me get my, you know, content creation so consistent because you're so consistent, right? And you just have everything like a, like a system, right? So that's really what I think all of us, even myself, are missing is like a systematic approach to our content creation. Um, so I know that you you have that like on lock, man. So I just, I love everything you're doing, man. So thanks for having Lilo Elicio on the show today. <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. That's really, really, really kind. I yeah, I, I try my best. <laughs> you do, you do, you do good, man. You do well. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, like I've just been, always been impressed by by you know the stuff that you're doing, and I've been really interested to understand like how you got into this, and uh, you know, like as I mentioned in the intro, you know, you've, you a lifelong content creator. So, but how did you get into the uh, the sort of uh, the live streaming and the the video content side? Perhaps you could tell us a bit about your uh, a little bit more about your sort of backstory yeah. and. Yeah, so I, I love I love what you said about you know I've, I've been creating content since before the content creation was actually a thing you know so I, I've said that on a few a few interviews so you probably heard me say that somewhere at sure. one point but uh, um, yeah like I, I remember like so if we look at content creation and actually what it is I know everybody have their own definition but me I just look at doc, uh, content creation as documentation you know what I'm saying documentation whether it's verbal you know audio whether it's video whether it's music whether it's however you know written you know that's just content creation in a nutshell for me. That's how I how I simplify it. It's just documentation. How are you documenting something and, and what process? Um, so yeah, I, I've been creating content, you know, because I was I was in a rap group and uh, I've been creating content since then, since I was like in like getting out of high school and just kind of filming our videos of like our shows or our road trips or vlogging or things like that. I remember it was 2006. I started like a vlog on YouTube. I have all those. I have all, all those vlogs like like unlisted now because <laughs> it was horrible as far as like the quality and stuff. Right. But like I was vlogging back in like 2006 before like vlogging was even like a big thing, just kind of recording my day-to-day action and stuff like that. So it was, it was really, it was really cool to see the transition from like, a, like people like me who was just already kind of doing something like that. And then, you know, later when social media came out and really like blew up, then the, the term content creation be, began to be a real thing because because I say all the time now we have something to call ourselves right mm-hmm. and, and then even as of last year content creation is the the, the biggest uh, small business gr- 
fastest growing small business type in America right now. The fastest growing small business type in America. You can actually go into any uh, tax preparer's office or any financial institution and you can legit now put down on a loan or a a financial application that your job is your self-employed content creator. Well, we couldn't do that just a year or two ago, right? So Mm -hmm. I think that's really dope. And so just my my transition into content creation was very natural because that's, like I said, was something I was already doing, creating music, filming our shows, our trips, uh, just vlogging and things like that. And it's just really cool now to be able to be able to say, hey, people say, what do you do? Well, I'm a content creator, you know, and, uh, and, and so what is that? Oh, I just pretty much document my life and other people's life and put it in a palatable form to where um, people can digest it visually or audibly. And, and, and that uh, gives them some type of result, whether it's leads or whether it's attention or whether it's information or education, it, it, that gets them their desired result, whatever that may be. So everybody has their own reason why they create content. But, you know, at the end of the day, we can all reach our desired results on what our purpose or why we're creating content. So um, that's a long winded answer. I'm going to try to keep them short. But yeah, (laughs) that's I mean, that is is actually a really big uh, thing, though, you know, to be able to actually, uh, you know, put it down as a uh, a, a, an actual income source that you can use for things like loans and and so on to be, you know, it's it's it makes everything more official, doesn't it? (laughs) And yeah, I mean, back in the day, uh, three years ago, if I would have put down I'm a self-employed content creator. I would have got the answer like, okay, well, uh, what, like, what is that? You know what I'm saying? But now we can put that down and it's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, actually to the point where like people like, especially different, um, uh, financial institutions, they know that content creation is so lucrative. Mm -hmm. It actually kind of looks, it actually kind of looks good now. (laughs) Like it's actually like, oh, you're content creator. Okay. You're making money. Yeah. So yeah. What you want, what you need? Like we got you. Like it's almost like a good thing. So. I think that's that's almost part of a, a bigger conversation as well about the whole idea of uh, you know being on YouTube. That's something that uh, I think a lot of people uh, you know maybe they uh, they don't initially like to to tell folks that they're on YouTube because uh, you know it's it's maybe got a sort of um, uh, I don't want to say it's not a stigma, but you know what I mean. It's like the the idea of like oh that's what you're going to focus your time on as a as a thing um, has uh, you know perhaps some people have those sort of limiting <laughs> limiting beliefs about yeah. it. So uh, it's good that it's becoming sort of more mainstream like that. Well, the the realization of it is even to have a successful YouTube channel, in my opinion, you literally have to be a very professional, very proficient, efficient mm-hmm. person. Um, and, and to the point where like we're not necessarily like YouTubers, we're actually media companies. Yes, yeah, sure. you know, we are. We're, you know, we, we, we do so many things well. To, the, to get to the point where we have a profitable YouTube channel, a mm-hmm. profitable media company that like, we're, you, I, I think some people look at like YouTuber, like, oh, not YouTuber. But yeah, in, in, in a sense, you are, you're using a platform to get what you need. But mm-hmm. at the same, same day, the skills that you need for a successful YouTube channel, whether it's editing, whether it's, you know, video lighting, whether it's, you know, copywriting, like these are all essential skills in mm-hmm. any business. So, you know, sure. uh, I, you know, I, 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 I think it's more fitting that we say that we have media companies and, and, and things like that. But, you know, I, I'm cool with saying I'm a YouTuber. I, lo- I love saying it. Yep. <laughs> and it's almost like you've, because you've got to do so many things like all yourself as well, you know, unless you until you start sort of outsourcing all of that and treating it as a business and, you know, taking people on to do that kind of stuff. It's, yeah, you do have to have a, a really quite a broad sort of skill set to, uh, uh, to do it effectively. So you, spot on there. Facts, facts. <laughs> uh-huh. skill, skill stacking is a real thing. I tell people all the time, especially when it comes to when you're working for yourself, um, starting like a startup business, especially in content creation, um, a lot of times we have skills that we acquired over the years mm-hmm. that are literally key and essential to what we're moving into. You know, so whether that's communication or, like I said, whether it's writing or whether it's lighting or you know whether it's audio, you know, mixing, engineering, like these are all stackable skills that we can't isolate. We actually have to bring those together for the bigger picture yep. for our purpose that we're moving into. And and I I'm I was guilty. I was one where it's like, well, I was an audio engineer for years. I know how to make good audio sound good. Like, how does my mic sound? I sound pretty good right now. Sounding good. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like my lighting is something that I had to learn. You know, uh, you know, camera settings is something I did have to learn. But, you know, if we take those skills and now kind of put them together and, and put them into the pieces of the puzzle that we're trying to solve for our life, which is, of course, income and fulfillness and things like that, man, all those skills are essential. You know, and, and to your point, I know you said until we start to bring on more people, some people never do that. And, sure. and, and they still have successful, fulfilling lives. They like uh, I was talking to Brian G and he was like, he edits his video still. You know, right. I don't, have you ever heard Brian, Brian G. Johnson? Johnson? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. He's uh-huh. like, he still edits his video. And I could have swore he had an editing team. You know, right. he was like, no, he's like, I enjoy the process of editing my own mm-hmm. video. So, I mean, 
that and that's what content creation is about. It's about us. It's it's about fulfillment, right? So if you actually enjoy that process, don't let a YouTuber guru tell you that you need to outsource that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. take your time and enjoy that process. That literally might be one of the processes and the step to, that's healing you in some way or sure. helping you mentally in some way. So, I mean, I, you know, I can go on and on about that side of it, but you know, everybody has, it's not a one size fits all the content creation and, mm-hmm. and success in that field. It's really, uh, I tell people all the time, just like you can look at your fingerprint and it's, it's unique where your content creation and your content creation journey is, is like a fingerprint. It is so unique in your own way. Of course, there's best practices uh, to be successful, it is best practices. But at the end of the day, um, there are there are some things that are going to be unique to you that's going to um, have you stand out and give you your own edge and give you your own sa- sense of satisfaction and fulfillment that's going to be completely unique to you. So I don't want to go on a tangent, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no tangents here. It's just a conversation. But that's <laughs> okay. That, that, cool, that, that's cool. cool. One, one of the things you mentioned though was about um, you know the the sort of skill stacking and bringing skills that you've got from other things. And I know with me, like with the sort of live streaming, I've got. A background in doing you know public speaking so i've got no issue with standing on a stage in front of however many people and, and giving a, a speech but uh, when you come over to live streaming it's it you'd think well it's the same thing i'm talking to an audience but there is some differences there i just wondered how you'd found uh when, when you started doing live streaming you know the skills that you'd brought over from obviously uh, being a stage performer and musician and so on uh, how did you find that that translated and what were the sort of sticking points that you maybe initially found with uh, with live streaming if 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 any yeah, so some, so just like you, I don't have like a, um, I don't have a degree or nothing in public speaking or oration or anything like that. But being on stage performing, sure. being in front of people, having the lights and the mic on you all the time, I kind of brought that right over. And I remember it was uh, 2017 when I first started live streaming, and I literally just had a, a cheap Dell laptop and a, a Logitech C920. And what I did it as I started a music review show where uh, undersigned artists would just send me their music. And I would actually uh, play their music and, and then, you know, we would do it like that. And, and um, you know, I just like the feeling of being able to because live streaming gives us something that, uh, that you don't necessarily get in person. Um, mm-hmm. In person, people have to come. In person, people have to travel. In person, people have to, you know, put a lot more effort into getting into the venue or into right. the place. With, with, with uh, live streaming, you don't have to do that. You literally, everybody's just pressing the button. So I'm pressing the button to get this turned on. They're pressing the button to jump on their phone or on their computer. And it's it's a lot less, you know, laborious to, to make that happen. So I just like that aspect of live stream. I'm like, wow, I literally just had a couple hundred people on my live stream and it didn't cost anything or it didn't, you know, for, besides just their time or their attention, it didn't really like, so I just like the accessibility of live streaming. So that's why I kind of came over and then, you know, I was doing that for a couple of years and then the pandemic happened and then, whew, then I came into the Ecamm fam. I came through Marshall Fox. I seen his live stream one day and I'm like, yeah, why does your live stream look so clean? <laughs> I remember like, Damn, what, what, like, what is this? So then I hit him up and I didn't even know him at the time. I just hit him up and then we started talking. He's like, yeah, I'm using Ecamm. I'm using this uh, Canon M50, which is what I'm using right now. I mean, this is my main camera is a Canon M50. I still have it because it's like, I can't get rid of it. It still looks good. Yep. And I know there's better cameras for other better reasons, but I'm like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So uh, then I came over to Ecamm and then we'll get more into this later because I know we're going to talk more about the business side. When I got into Ecamm, that literally like opened up like a whole nother side of live stream and mm-hmm. content creation. Um, you know, pre-recorded um, video and uh, production, live st- production that I got into. It was like a whole world. I'm like, yo. And I tell people all the time, like I said, we'll get more into it. Yo, like Ecamm, like, you know, not all of us have that desire. I get it. But if you do have the desire to like, to start a six-figure business business model, Ecamm is the tool that that can do that. So we'll, we'll get more into that. Oh, I mean, that, that was the, that was what really spurred me into the live streaming side of stuff as well, was getting Ecamm to use for my video creation, for the, the recording the videos. But then it's just, it's, it's got something in it. You know, if, if, it was, uh, if it was food, I was sure they were lacing it with something. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's you know? got some secret sauce in there that's like really just makes you want to keep coming back to it. It's, uh, it's quite I, I love quite that. Because <laughs> I, I say that all the time when I go out with my wife and we go to restaurants and stuff. 
and uh, I, I taste something I like or a drink that I like, I say, oh, there's this something in there. They've they got something in, in there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Ecamm got some secret sauce in there. They, they, you know, they like the Wizards of Oz. I just want to take a moment to talk about Ecamm Live. This is the live production Mac software that we're using to live stream and record this podcast. In my opinion, it is the best live streaming and recording software on the market today. So what exactly does it do? Well, essentially, it allows you to control the content that you're including in your video, be it a live stream or a recorded video. And you do this by building out different scenes that contain the content that you want to show. This content may be a feed from your camera or indeed multiple cameras, or you may be sharing a screen, which is what I do a lot of in my tutorial style videos that I make for my Take One Tech YouTube channel. You can share the screen from a second computer or maybe even a gaming console if you are a live streaming gamer. And just as we are doing in this podcast, you can also bring in guests using Ecamm Live's built-in interview mode, where guests can join from a browser and you can then incorporate their video and audio into your production. Finally, you can add all kinds of additional graphical and animated overlay elements and even movies to really add a level of branded professionalism that would be hard to achieve in any other way. The real magic happens though when you hit that record or go live button because then you are able to seamlessly switch back and forth between all of the scenes that you've created and indeed this is how all of the videos have been created for my Take One Tech YouTube channel and the reason it's called Take One Tech by the way is because all of the videos are made in one take with no edits. I just hit record, make the video, and as soon as I hit the end recording button, the file is there and ready to be uploaded straight to YouTube. What I love about Ecamm is not just the ease of use that it has when compared to other live streaming software, but also the greater flexibility it gives in terms of layouts and designs that you can create for your shows when compared to some of the hardware streaming solutions. And one thing that makes Ecamm great specifically for podcasts is the fact that it has the ability to record isolated audio tracks. So once we finish recording this podcast, podcast, I'll have a separate audio file for me, my guests, and any other audio tracks that have been a part of the recording. That makes the editing and repurposing of the content for the podcast so much more streamlined. It does have another little trick up its sleeve though, and that is its virtual camera feature. This allows you to take the video output from Ecamm live straight into communication apps like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Discord, and so on. This means that rather than just appearing in Zoom meetings with a regular camera feed, you can now show up with all of the amazing production values that Ecamm Live gives you and deliver that straight into your Zoom meeting. And trust me, when you rock up to a Zoom meeting with Ecamm, <laughs> the other participants will be truly amazed. So whether for live streaming, recorded video content, or to level up your Zoom game, I highly recommend you give Ecamm Live a go. You can get a free trial by going to takeonetech.io slash Ecamm. That's E-C-A-M-M. Takeonetech.io slash Ecamm. And of course, you can find a link to that in the show notes as well. You will certainly not regret giving it ago. Now let's get back to the show. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into venues or, you know, or into businesses or into studios or places and they had all these requests or, oh, I need this. I needed to mm-hmm. do this. I need to do this. Or this ain't working or that ain't working. And they're using a different, you know, I don't want to say no other names, but they're using a different service, right? Yeah, sure. And everything that they say that they need, I say, okay, one second, one second. <laughs> I download Ecamm. Uh-huh. I, I literally download Ecamm and show them. Yeah. And this is my this is my pitch. It's a drag and drop, mm-hmm. plug and play, and it just works. And I literally got paid like a five hundred dollar of my fee to come, and and I was there fifteen minutes. Yeah, they're they're just like, <laughs> like what? Like yeah. yeah, drag your video on there. Now it plays. Make a new scene. Now drag your overlay. Okay, see, drag and drop. Okay, now what do you need that song? Okay, put that in that playlist. Hit play. Now make your like it's just retarded how foolproof or how like user-friendly and how integratable it is with other software and hardware. Like you said, it's some secret sauce in there for sure. Uh-huh. And, and th- you mentioned there about like with any business that, you know, using it for a business. I think the other thing is um, about it, not just being for live streaming and recording, but just even for just business presentations in Zoom. I mean, I spend more time using Ecamm in Zoom than I do actually recording <laughs> videos because it just takes like your whole sort of on-screen presence on Zoom to a completely def- different level. And like half of the right. half of the, the thing that people struggle with in Zoom is where, you know, people are trying to share the screen and then they're like, oh, where do I click? Yep. How do I do this? Which window? Whereas when you can just do it all seamlessly mm-hmm. as a sort of full uh, production almost, you just blow people's minds. And, and uh, yeah. yeah, when you when you pull that virtual cam over, just forget Zoom is there. You yeah. just pull that virtual cam over. <laughs> and what I do is I just minimize Zoom and I forget I'm on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I just do everything in Ecamm and I just see their mouth drop. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> like what? Like are you on Zoom? Yeah, I'm in Zoom. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> so, so how how did you That's make the transition then from um or, or not transition, but sort of add into the things that you're doing where um you started to provide this as a service to other people? You know, where where did that sort of come into it? It was 100 percent natural to the fact that I wasn't even trying to do that. You know, it was one of those things. It's kind of like in any business like your your actual product or your actual self is the business card. So for instance, like you go and you see somebody with a dope haircut and you're like, man, that haircut looks good. Who did your haircut? Oh, I did my own haircut. I'm a barber. Oh, can you cut my hair? Sure. So it was kind of like the same thing. Like you you see a, a dope cake. You're like, oh, that cake is amazing. Who, who baked that cake? I baked that cake. Oh, can you bake me one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So people would see my live streams and they would see stuff that I'm doing and they'd be like, bro, what is that? What are you doing? I'm really not doing nothing special. I'm just using this software called Ecamm. Oh, can you can you show me how to do that? Or can you set me up? Or can you like and then and next thing you know, okay, you know, I did it for a while. Just, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I'm spending a lot of time doing this. Let me see if I can get some money doing this. So I was like, I came up with a rate, like, okay, 250 an hour, which is what I truly asked for. I'm like, give me 250 an hour and I'll come to your studio. I'll download Ecamm. I'll show you how to do it. And most of the time I spend like two or three hours there and, and I get paid like sometimes almost a thousand dollars. And I'm just, it's so natural, but it's, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't feel bad because I'm the kind of guy that I would feel bad charging people with something that I feel like is so minuscule, but it's not really minuscule because it's solving such a huge problem for yep. them. So, you know, so that was that what got me over not charging people and feeling bad for charging people. Because when I see the problem that I solve for them mm-hmm. and how it affects their business in such a positive way and their clients in such a positive way, I can stand on my price now, which is two fifty an hour. It's probably gonna go up to like five hundred an hour, to be honest with you, because I just get so many requests and I just kind of got my system down to where okay, uh, five hundred an hour, it'll be two hours, I'm gonna come. I'm going to set your studio up with the e-cam, the camera angles, and whatever else you need. Here's a checklist of stuff you need to go get. And then I set them up and boom, boom, boom. And then another service is they're like, well, I'm too busy. So can you come in and, and live stream my event? Or can you come in and live right. stream this show? And that's like, okay, cool. So yeah, that's another you know, two, 250 an hour or whatever the case is. And, and like I said, people are happy to pay it because mm-hmm. it solves such a huge problem for, for you. So to answer your question, I kind of fell into it naturally. And I haven't even really put the business model behind it that I should. I haven't really given it the attention that I should, knowing how profitable it is. You think I would have sat down somewhere and kind of drafted it out. Like, wow, well, let me start prospecting or let me start. I haven't even did that because I'm so busy. People just call me and and I just, going from one gate to the next, I haven't even really had time to sit down and put a business plan together. But I I really could do that and and take over, uh, to be honest with you. It it would be, be, I wouldn't say an easy six-figure, but it would be a, a legit six-figure company that I could put together just offering live streaming services as far as like helping people set up their setup, one, and then two, actually offering the service of doing the live stream for them or doing the production for them. It will be a legit six-figure business for sure. Mm Uh, the thing you mentioned there about you know the uh, the, the fees to to set stuff up. Um, the other thing to think about there as well is like how much you're actually saving them with um, you know what they what they now don't need. <laughs> you know to do what we can do with uh, with ecam <sighs> is you know like you would need a full on you know studio for for uh, some other methods. You know you could get someone to say can you come and live stream my event and then they're going to be talking about all these different hardware requirements and all of these that kind of different things. Uh, and you can literally do it with some some cameras, a, you know, a decent Mac and uh, an Ecamm. It's... I, I kid you not. I just did an event and I did not know this, but um, the the producer of the event could not come to the event because they had a, 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 a sickness in the family. So I didn't know this beforehand. So they called me and somebody else to come do the event. We're like, okay, we'll do it. Boom, boom, boom. So after the event, because the, the, the person who hired us did not know about Ecamm. We just like, they were telling us every, again, telling us everything they want to do. Yep. So we were like, I'm, I'm sometimes I'll be listening for what Ecamm can't do. Yep. Like, so you need this? Okay. In my head, Ecamm. Need this? Ecamm. Need that? Ecamm. You need that? Ecamm. I'll be listening for what Ecamm can't do. And I never hear that, right? I never hear what Ecamm can't do. So I just be like, okay, we'll just use Ecamm. So brought Ecamm in, did the whole three-day conference, went all went smooth and seamlessly. And then after the conference, the owner of the event was like, well, what were y'all using to do? It was like, oh, it was using Ecamm. Mm-hmm. And then I found out later that the person who did the previous production was literally, <laughs> I kid you not, because um, they live in Texas and the event was in Florida. They were renting a whole trailer of equipment <laughs> to bring. 
Yeah, right. they were renting a whole trailer of equipment to bring drive to Florida to do the event. Mm-hmm. And literally all I brought was a laptop, my three ZVE10s, mm-hmm. my Rodecaster Pro, and like a couple other things, of course, but it was not a trailer full of stuff. Yep. And we did the we did the conference and you would have never known that we didn't have the same equipment that he had, which I don't know what he was using, but that sheesh, man, that's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 mind blowing, really. I think we sort of lose sight sometimes of uh, you know I have to pinch myself to see like what we can <laughs> what we can actually do from uh, sitting here in the uh, remote northeast of Thailand with a stream deck and a, <laughs> a bit of software. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> exactly, stream deck. Uh-huh. You know, it's crazy, man. And I, I brought stuff that I didn't even need because now Ecam just integrates so good with like the ZVE10. I end up not even using my my Blackmagic my camera switcher. I just plugged all the ZVE10 directly into. The uh, the ecam and they show USB like I'm doing right now with the uh, with the uh, the M50 just plugs right in. So the way the technology is going, the way you know all the gear is going, how it's becoming more integratable and the quality is getting even better with 4K and 6K. That's another thing. Like if you really know your stuff and really get good at this stuff, you can really get some good gigs and some good jobs and and. They'll think that you're doing a whole thing, and and you are doing a whole thing, but yep. it's like they don't, you're doing they don't it know how actually <laughs> you're doing it fit exactly. You're doing it efficiently, and you're not necessarily breaking the bank or breaking your back at the same time trying to do it because you have a process down. You have a process, so that's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and when so when someone comes to you, then what are some of the kind of things that you know if somebody came to you and said like they're putting on an event, what sort of uh, considerations would you uh, would you give to somebody you know in in if you were to help them sort of plan out an event? Do you have any uh, sort of tips for people who are planning events and how to make them uh, run smoothly? So a lot of times, because I'm a creative, I'm a creative person. A lot of times people are just happy with a camera on them and it's live streaming, mm-hmm. right? But I'm just I'm just the over-the-top kind of guy. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's great. But um, what about like your run of show? Like, what is that? Oh, basically, basically it's like your schedule or it's like your scenes. It's like, you know, it's the, it's the map of the show. How is that going to work? Okay, well, let me help you figure out what your run of show is, right? And then what about your design, your your overlays? Oh, okay, well, what's that? Okay, well, I can let me show you how on this scene, when it's the host, it's just this overlay. When it's guest, it's this overlay. When it's screen share, it's this overlay. So a lot of times I come in and kind of blow their mind with, to me, with simple stuff that I know and and whatnot, but to them it's mind-blowing. And by the time we put a, put a production together, it doesn't look anything like they thought it would look, but for on the good side, it's mm-hmm. like, wow, like I had no idea. Right. So um, to answer your question, yeah, I just kind of come in as a more of a, on the critic. The technical stuff is one thing. And that, and that's what the, I tell people all the time. You can be technical all you want to. And there's no problem with that. Be technical. But the technical, the technical stuff, it, it pays, but it doesn't like it's not a it's not necessarily the wow factor without the creativity part. Right. So that's why I love like everything you do. Everything you do is branded, it's buttoned up, it's clean, it looks great, it looks marketable um, versus just a camera and, and on and off. So I remember, you know, when I first like when I first got into live streaming, that's all I saw was just a camera on some people and then lighting and then a, a microphone. There was no like show presence, right? Mm-hmm. As far as how how it looked. And I believe that your your show should be visually appealing. I, I believe that. With so many live streams going on today, like if you go on Facebook right now, next to our live stream, you'll see five more live streams, mm-hmm. right? So I always say, what is show stopping about your live stream? Or no, not stroke, but scroll stopping. What what is scroll stopping about your live stream? When people are sitting there scrolling a mile a minute, mm-hmm. what is it about your live stream that's going to stop the scroll? Well, that's where like the animations and the overlays and and even just your topic matter. What are you talking about? Like are are you rambling? Are you hooky with your stuff? Or you know, so like, yeah, we can go on for days. But to answer your question, I bring in, I bring in a lot. I bring in a lot of value. Um, I can do it with my eyes closed because I'm just, I have a process. I'm used to it. But then again, to them, it's kind of mind blowing, and it's like, wow. So I, yeah, I do, I do bring a lot to the table when it comes to like show production and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And have you done anything that's like remote production? Have you uh, done any of that where people? Are- I, I need to get in that because <laughs> because I was there at this last event. And, and they brought an ecam guy in, me, and they brought a, a, a Zoom girl in, Zoom woman in. And we were sitting there on the last day and we looked at each other and was like, you know what? We could have did this whole thing remote. <laughs> you know, the only thing that they wouldn't have knew how to do was hook up the, the gear. Right, so right. maybe I would have had to go one day or something like that. But that's a great thing. If we can figure out how to outsource 
people who know tech and can hook up the tech part of it. Yep. Man, we could do everything 100% remote. So I know there's some people like an Ecamm that does stuff remote, like Kevin Lyons, um, um, Kirk Nugent. They do a lot of mm-hmm. remote stuff. And that would be my next thing, bro. Like once I feel, bro, once I, I think a part of me is scared to go remote a little bit because like if anything happens to your internet connection, yes. you just kill somebody's show. And it's not even your fault, uh-huh. but you're charging them a lot of money. Yep. And it's something that's not your fault as far as internet goes down. And now their whole show with thousands, hundreds or thousands of people are watching is, is down. So I think a little part of me, I'm reluctant to step into that because I'm like, mm-hmm. man, it's, t- it's too many factors that's out of my control to do sure. it remotely. Yeah. Um, but I think if I can figure a solution out to have really, like right now I have a thousand up, a thousand down internet right now. Right. I have um, a, a company called Frontier. I get a thousand up, a thousand down. I'm confident in what I can do for myself. Mm-hmm. But I think if there's some way where I can have my 1,000 up, 1,000 down and some type of backup, I don't know, you're a tech guy, yeah, right? You, Is there some type of backup internet thing? That yeah, you can so you, you can use a Speedify. So I use a Speedify and what that does is you can connect multiple internet connections. So I have it uh, running over my, my LAN and my Wi-Fi to the same network, but then I also have it tethering to my mobile. If I had another connection coming in, it could connect to that one. Uh, and then what it does is it combines all of those together into one connection. So you actually get a, a, an increase in bandwidth in any case, but there's redundancy there. So if one fails, then it will fail over to one of the other ones. So um, yeah, that's uh, Speedify. Speedify.com is the uh, the thing to use with that one. And, Speedify. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. But that does that does exactly that thing. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't have uh, it doesn't give you a tech guy on the site in case one of the cameras goes down. <laughs> which is well, well, what it what it does do if if one of my connect internet connections fails, another one takes over. Yeah, yeah. It, they're, they're just all connected all of the time, and it will and it and the other thing that it does actually, uh, whilst we're talking about it, is um, if you've got something you know like your your mainstream, it would have that on uh, you know one of your connections. But then stuff like um, you know any little updates or something like that, it can actually put those onto the secondary connections so it's not actually interfering with your primary connection so yeah i, Man, I, I yeah. that's how speedify it is yeah i'm gonna yeah. check that out because that's literally like you said what maybe what i could do is go to these events and set it up but i see but even still that you know it's like you got to have somebody there to go back each day to kind of make sure stuff mm-hmm. is getting started back up correctly so yeah I, I, you know i don't know i don't know how they're doing the remote stuff and they they really feel good about it but i that is one thing that i i want to figure out because i think that will take a six figure production business to say seven figures easily mm-hmm. <laughs> easily seven figures because it's such a need right now and as we know streaming the streaming um business is it's only going to multiply i think by they said 2024 is going to be like double as far as the income, you know, potential in that. So, yeah, man. What about yourself? You've done any remote productions or anything like that? Uh, not actually remote production. Uh, so similar sort of concerns as you, <laughs> even with the even with Speedify, it's that kind of thing of uh, not being able to, you know, go and just check the cable and things like that is a little bit of a concern. But um, certainly on these, you know, the sort of same kind of consultancy side, then uh, yeah, and it, it's the, the same. Um, the same things that I've noticed as you, which is basically you're having a massive impact on uh, other people's productivity by, you know, just spending yeah. a couple of hours with them to help them through these things. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty Thanks. pretty game changing <laughs> for, for a lot of people. Sweet. Yeah. But with, awesome, man. with the um um uh with the the sort of online events that, that are coming out more. I mean, I know that you've done speaking at sort of in-person events and uh, the world sort yeah. of opening back up to these in-person events. But at the same time, I think virtual is uh, definitely, or certainly hybrid is uh, hybrid is yeah. here is here to stay. And there's so many more of those sort of things coming on online now. Um, well, how, how have you find found the sort of, uh, you know, going back to uh, speaking at public events after two, <laughs> two years in lockdown or whatever? <laughs> yeah, no, it's again, I've been on stage since, you know, 2000 the year i graduated from high school in the year 2000 in that same year i started my rap group and we've been on stages ever since so mm-hmm. 22 years now i've been on stage so it's really really nothing for me if somebody calls me and want to you know, book me for a speaking event or to dj right now in uh, in america this is homecoming season so all of october and november usually is i'm out djing every weekend uh, homecoming season. Uh, I had a gig this Saturday. I think it got canceled because of the hurricane, but oh. I'm on stage then. So mm-hmm. I, it's natural for me, man. Tra- the transition back in from, um, you know, you know, you know, virtual to in-person is very natural. And like I said, I, I do believe hybrid is going to be a thing. 
So um, our, our, it is it's definitely going to stay a thing. And uh, it's been an easy, natural uh, progression for me, transition for me. So I'm just loving it, man. Loving it. Uh-huh. Loving getting back into it. <laughs> and how yeah, about the, man, the, the sort of turnout of these events then? Are you, are you finding that there are a lot, you know, lower attendance because more people are wanting to take the virtual option and, uh, and stay at home? Or? Mm, no, I haven't. I've been, uh, since the world opened back up, I, I think I've been to Vegas twice, Texas twice. I've been to a few places and I haven't noticed, in my opinion, I haven't noticed a dip in attendance. Right, in right. Any, any of the places. I think people are ready to get back out. I think people are Re- ready to. Get yeah, back they've been cooped up and excited to get back out there again. <laughs> yeah, I haven't noticed a dip in any attendance in anything. I actually, surprisingly, like, wow, is this many people here? You know, it's crazy. So now I, I think, uh, I think what, you know, what the pandemic did was really give everyone a, another uh, more gratitude for being able to mm-hmm. meet up in person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I, not only did it give everybody more gratitude to meet up in person, but it also gave us the understanding that we still need to be virtual regardless, yep. whether it's in person or not. There's still a, a whole nother audience out there of people who not going to come out the house because that's just not their personality mm-hmm. type. Right. Uh, or whatever. So it, it really let people understand that, you know, we need to be virtual and in person. So yeah, I haven't, I haven't really noticed a, a downtick in attendance. Uh-huh. And it, it sort of um, like accelerated, I think the development of a lot of the software as well, you know, the, uh, to, the, the technology to allow people to do this streaming. I mean, Zoom has come on so far since uh, before the pandemic as well, just like all of these platforms are now, uh, you know, up to this, this level that can, that can handle it and the infrastructure's there as well. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Zoom's. Uh, I think Zoom's evaluation doubled or tripled <laughs> since the yeah, yeah since the pandemic. <laughs> like I seen some big thing where it came down where it's like Zoom's like, uh, and I have a I have some, a few connections that work inside Zoom and they're working on like right now they're currently actively working on some amazing things that's mm-hmm. like you know kind of ecam ish to be honest with you like, right, right real talk like they're they're working on some ecam ecam like features um, so I think uh, you can uh, you can see that coming down the pipeline in the next year or two. Uh-huh. And so let's talk a little bit more about the sort of business side then. So what what plans have you got for, for you know, your business in terms of, you know, offering this as a service and like for uh, development of that and the, the products or the services that you're going to offer? So the, to be 100% honest with you, anything that is a service that is going to take my time and energy, I do it strictly to be honest with you, just to pay bills. Right. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily enjoy um, and, and I do enjoy it, but I'm saying I don't necessarily foresee myself doing the labor side or the hands-on side of it too long. But I'm 40 years old now, and it's like, and there's nothing wrong with that. I thank God every day that I have skill that I can get paid for. So mm-hmm. I don't want you to take it the wrong way. But what I really want to get into is more like what you're doing with digital products, digital mm-hmm. assets. Like right. I, that, if, if you want to ask Alicia, what is your next thing? What is your next plan? My next plan is to really get serious about writing some books, writing some uh, ebooks, physical books, uh, building out some courses, building out ma- many courses and master courses, master programs, mentorships, uh, continuity programs. Like I really feel, especially since the pandemic, I really feel very strong. My conviction is very strong with digital products, digital assets, and I believe that is the next wave of like entrepreneurship. So mm-hmm. I believe if people. If people um, if people depend on going out to events and being yep. hands on with stuff, there's nothing wrong with that, and I think it'll still be a need for that. Um, it'll still be a need for that, but one that's going to slowly start phasing out a little bit because I think if any anything else comes around the corner like the pandemic, and you depended on that, that's all mm-hmm. your your business is gone, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? One and then two, how scalable is that if you have to be so hands on with the business? Sure. Anything that you have to be hands on with. Again, nothing wrong with that. Not knocking nobody. I still do it, but it's not scalable, you know, because you have to depend on hiring more hands, hiring more feet, mm-hmm. training them, deploying them, making sure that payroll stat. I don't want to get into none of that. Like I want to just be a solo. I, don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound like a crab or nothing, but I, I, I don't mind being a solopreneur. Right? Mm-hmm. I want to be a solopreneur, get my digital assets, my digital products together um, start cultivating a meaningful community like what you're doing, right? I just want to follow your lead, to be honest with you. Uh, create a, a meaningful, uh, cultivate a meaningful community and, vi- and, va- and like give value to them, provide value mm-hmm. to them, and then that community provides income for me. Like that is the way to go. I believe if another pandemic comes tomorrow or this happens or that happens, 
you can still live your life and, and affluently like make a lot of money and your business model will not be impacted at all. So that that is my that's my plans, to be honest with you. Now, that might not come into fruition for like maybe another six months because I'm kind of like actively learning. Like I'm going to probably get Kajabi. I'll probably get it through your link sooner or later. Right. <laughs> and then I got to build out the courses, of course. And I have a lot of stuff to build out. That's why I got to yeah. get super serious about it. Um, and I really want it to be up by the, like my courses and stuff to be up by the end of the year or first quarter next year. So that's my plans, bro. That's my plans. And until then, I'll go do these gigs. Yeah. And I'll still, I'll still probably do some stuff. I'm just not like I want to be a hermit, like in a house or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like, I still want to go out and do stuff, but I don't want to have to depend on that, right? To, sure. to pay bills. I want to, I want, I want to wake up. I want to, I want to know how it feels to wake up every morning and I've made a few thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Or at the end of the month, like one of my major goals is to get to $10,000 a month in digital sales, right? Like digital, whether that's my courses, ebook, like that is such a benchmark for me. And, and that's not even nothing because I have friends who I know personally who make, you know, like to be honest with you, they make a hundred thousand a month, <laughs> like in their digital sales, and and so it's kind of crazy to think that somebody can make a hundred thousand a month between selling courses and their YouTube ad revenue and sponsorships and brand deals. Like this is all stuff that's like kind of it's not passive, but it's kind of passive. Yeah. So I feel like we should all be kind of marching t- toward that. In my opinion, we should be all marching toward that type of um, business model. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean that's that's certainly my my, uh, my plan as well. The the thing about um, you know providing consultancy is at the end of the day you are still exchanging time for money, and like you say, you've got to a finite amount of that. But uh, having the having the balance though is good. You know, when you, when opportunities come up, then you've uh, you've always got that as uh, something something extra. Um, yeah, with the, with the digital. But products me and you, well. we have big hearts though. Me and you have big hearts, so we would do it like when like you did that consultation for me. You didn't charge me. Uh-huh. Right? You just. Help me out. So we, and that's my issue too. Like I just genuinely want to help people. So, but I, but I also know that consulting is trading time for money. So the only thing that I can see that I can offset the consulting where I'm just speaking with people is to do group consulting. Yes, sure, sure. I'd maybe do some one-off consulting because I just had that relationship like with you, me and you can do a one-on-one. Yeah. But as far as if if I'm giving like mass value and education, Uh the only way I could do a consulting and I feel kind of good about it is like a group consulting. Uh-huh. group consultation and then that that would be the most that i could do with group and and that would probably come with my continuity program they're already paying me every month mm-hmm. right so once a week or once a month we have a group session and like let's hash it out what are you what are you having issues with what, what, what can i help you with Boom. and we all help each other and i, I kind of like that too because it takes a little bit of the burden off of you because you have other experts in your community you have yes, other yeah. people in your community that's growing and getting better and getting smarter and they're they 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 want to start to go along the same path as you. So they're they're willing to jump in there and help somebody too. So it kind of takes some take some of the burden off of you. But yeah, I'm I'm legit following your path, bro. Like you, you're 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 out here killing it. So like I said, I'm definitely gonna be paying you for some consultation <laughs> to help me get get my stuff together, bro. So for real. Well, you you mentioned there about the thing about, you know, just happy to, to happy to help people. And I think that is obviously a really great solid foundation and starting point for anything where you're trying to build a community and a, build a business because uh, you, it's yeah. it's clear from uh, you know everything I've seen of you that you're you know service first and you know helping yeah. people first and foremost. And uh, yeah. I've just watched actually on uh, uh, James Hicks uh, live stream. He had Kirby Hassman, the uh, author of the Give First Economy, and that's a that's a great book all about that. You know, just uh, oh, wow. there's, there's no uh, there's no there's no shame in asking people for money as well. But uh, but no. coming from a point of you know the Give First uh, ethos is uh, is yeah I can. So many of us are all about that, and it's so crucial yeah. to the the success of anything. And, and and you know, my my wife, when I first got with her, um, one thing she noticed, she said, "Alicia, people are always giving to you." Like I would literally have, mm-hmm. like somebody call me up and be like, "Hey, you know, um, you know, I, I have uh, this opportunity where you can make like a thousand dollars for something that's like really easy. Like you might as well just have to give me the money." Mm-hmm. Or people are like, "Oh, they'll give me this coaching program for fee- free. That's like five thousand dollars." Or Something where my wife would be like, yo, people are literally just always giving you stuff. Like, you just have uh-huh. this favor in your life. And I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I feel like people give to me because I'm such a giver. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I literally have no problem, you know, giving to mm-hmm. people. Like, it's one of the things that, you know how people have their little dopamine kick or their little, yeah. you know, euphoric kick? That's that's me when it comes to giving. Like, you know, that's, that's another thing that 
um, you know, my wife and my family noticed about me. Like, there's no way I can be like out in the street, somebody and see somebody hungry or something. And I'm not stopping, like ask them, do they want some food or sure. try to give them something or something like that. So I said that, I said all that to say that like people, people give to me a lot because, and people, you know, it's probably the same for you because like, I believe that like the givers are like, we, we, we know we like, we feel each other. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're all about the people. You're all about helping people. So let me help you out and vice versa. So mm-hmm. yeah, but some people who are, they're not givers, they don't understand that concept. It's foreign to them. Like, no, no. Like you feel like you're taking your time and your money to, to help people. And, and, and it's kind of like a, um, like a uh, scarcity mindset. That's what, that's what it is. That like is a what scarcity it is. Yeah. Mindset. Like, like I'm giving you my time, but what am I getting for it? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was on Instagram the other day and I saw this dude's Instagram and I just loved how his, his, his angle was and his camera settings and, and how it looked. So a lot of times I could look at people say and be like, okay, well, he's, he's probably using this or probably using that. So I remember I went to his comments and I was like, oh, are you using this? Are you using that? Boom, boom, boom. He was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you know? I'm like, well, cause I kind of got a similar setup. But then I asked him, I said, um, it was something that I didn't know that he, how he did. And I was like, Hey, so, so what about this though? And he didn't want to tell me because his answer was, well, I can't give all of the information away for free. And it was literally just one question. Like, I think I asked him, is he using like a a filter on his um, lens? Because it kind of had a glossy look. Mm -hmm. And and so it just like hit me. I'm like, wow. I was like, why would you think telling me what lens you're using is giving away something for free? Like, but it's that mindset. It's that mindset. Like, the first, his first thing was, oh, I can't give that away for free. Uh-huh. Like, I, and so I went back and I was, I was like, bro, I, I, I put in his comments, I said, when I started sharing information for free, uh-huh. I said, my, my income tripled. Mm-hmm. That's what I told him. I said, so don't be scared to share information, bro. Uh-huh. Like my income tripled when I started sharing information. Like everything comes back, bro. Like everything comes. So you're helping somebody. You know how many people you help will, will feel not indebted, but they will feel so, you know, basically uh, like, like I got to help this person back. And you never know how that's going to come back. And that can come back in a major way. You never know. And I'm not saying do it for that, but just kind of keep that, that vibe going. Like yeah. give, give, and just, you know, not, well, you know something to help somebody, now you go ahead and, and pay it forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. paying it forward. Like keep that pay it forward mindset is basically what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and also you never know when you're going to get it back either. So Sometimes, you know, somebody's seen something, you've had an interaction with them, you don't hear from them for months. <laughs> and then sometimes they'll get in touch and say, hey, I've got this thing. And it's like, you never know what little tiny little thing that you've done can have a massive impact on people. And also the things Years. that you give away that you think are, you know, trivial and it, it's, it's just a little thing, uh, whereas other people will react to it and just say like, oh my gosh, this is like the best thing that I've learned it's all be- year. It's, it's the best. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was in a rap group, um, I, w- I was, because I, I was the producer and a singer and the hook maker in our rap group. So I was very sought after because I wasn't just a rapper. I was mm-hmm. actually making the music, right. right? And not only was I making the music, but after I make the music, then I would go and I would write a hook, you know, the hook, the chorus. Yep. I would write hooks and choruses to my beats. So as a creative, you could probably, like when you're really in your zone and you're in a creative vibe, you can probably make a beat and a hook. You can make, so that's kind of like a song minus the lyrics. Like, I mean, the verses. You could do like three of those a day, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in your creative vibe. So I say that to say, sometimes when I was just in my creative zone, I would make like three beats a day and I would make like put like three hooks to them. So at one point I had like 50 to 100 beats and hooks just chilling. And I wasn't writing that many songs. I wasn't writing that many verses, that many 16 bar verses in my group. What So what I would do is I would just like people would hit me up and be like, hey, man, I really need a dope beat and a hook. I'd be like, you know what? You're, you're doing your thing. I see you doing your thing. Here you go. I would give it to them. So I and that and I did that a few times and I was like, I didn't really think about it. But later, I'm talking about, this was like in 2005, 2006. Later, like when Facebook got big in like 2016, 2017, I'm starting to get like people writing me back. And some of these people, like some of these people, bro, are like big now. You know what I'm saying? Like I I remember one dude hit me up. He, I didn't even know, but he had invested in Bitcoin before Bitcoin was a thing. Mm -hmm. And now he's like low-key a millionaire. And he wrote me back and he's like, bro, whatever you need, I got you. Yeah, I'm not the guy to be like, oh yeah, give me some money. You know, but it's like, that's pretty cool to know that somebody I helped back in the sure. day invested in Bitcoin and now he's a millionaire and he's telling me whatever I need, he got me. And I'm like, well, why, what's going on? He's like, bro, like, 
You don't even know how you giving me mm-hmm. that beat and that hook back in the day when I couldn't even afford to buy it. You just giving it to me. That like how, how that impacted my life in such yep. a positive way. And I've had other examples like that of people coming back to me years later and they're like, bro, you do you remember doing this? I'm like, I don't even remember. They're like, yeah, you did this. You, uh-huh. you got me this or you bought me this or you took me here. And it was just my giving mentality. And that, like you said, you never know when it's going to come back. But it kind of it's kind of exciting because you know it's going to come back. Yep. You know that the good fortune will come back. And you just, it's kind of like that old saying, you never be broke. You never go broke. And, you know, so it's like, that's that's what I love about it. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 the way it's it's those little things as well make my my day. It's the same as Andrew Jenkins was on the show last week, and he was talking about like make someone's day because it'll it'll always also make yours, and it's it's so true. Those little things that uh, that you know have an impact, they really do. They <laughs> they keep me smiling. <laughs> facts, facts. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, time's rattling on. I could chat to you all day, but I do want to make sure I save time to talk about your uh, your studio setup. So I've. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Show the show the lab. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Where's it? Where's it gone now? (laughs) Here we go. So uh, I've I've always just I've always liked the whole vibe that you've got going on in your your setup. It looks uh, so cool. So perhaps you could talk through like what you've got and the evolution of it, maybe as well a little bit, and uh, and what you've added to it. And yeah, uh, man. So yeah, I mean my my studio, uh, my 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 brand is Content Ecosystem. Um, Content Ecosystem came to me because I just feel like. Um, that's what like to have a successful content creation, um, you know, career, your content needs to be in the ecosystem, whether mm-hmm. it's like, you know, like, you know how, like when you think of an ecosystem, uh, people are like, what does that mean? Well, it's like everything harmoniously acting together for the benefit of everybody. So mm-hmm. if you go to like a, a, a forest ecosystem, you know, you have the plants, you have the water, you have the trees, you, but they all depend on each other. Even the animals and the insects, they all depend on each other to survive, kind of, you know. <laughs> so it's like, that's what I feel like content is. Like from, from your media, the audio, the video, the, the personality, the writing, the kind con- like, so content ecosystem is more like a holistic approach. So I just wanted to, my studio, I just wanted to embody that. And that's why my colors are green because like an ecosystem, you mm-hmm. think of green, like a forest or whatever like that. So like it's just a vibe, bro. Like you come in, dopeness is one of my favorite words. So I got that sign, content ecosystem logo sign, of course. Um, that's my. You're looking at my um, 2020 uh, iMac. It's a 10 core processor. I got it was the last Intel iMac. Me and Marshall Fox bought ours together, right? <laughs> so we, and then of course, as you see on on there is the road, the OG Roadcaster Pro. I have the new one now, mm-hmm. um, and so that's kind of like my live stream. As you see, the, the Stream Deck XL down there. You see the um, the Blackmagic uh, ATEM Mini mm-hmm. uh, Pro down there. Um, and then to the left of all that, you see uh, my music cre- creation setup. It's just kind of like all in one. So my, my laptop for my music, my beats, and then the keyboard. Um, and yeah, I mean, on the right, you see my iPad. I use that for like, if you want to do stuff, of course, you can do stuff in Ecamm. You can produce beats on that as well. Um, sure, SM7B. Uh, this setup, if you look at it, um, it has like, I have three M50s right there. So I sold all those M50s. I just have one M50 that I use right now. And I switched over all to ZVE10s because mainly because they all connect via USB without a capture card. I don't need a capture card. Right. And if you look at the top, I have a white uh, camera at the top. That's my down angle. Do you see that? Yeah, sure. The white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, I I, changed, I switched that out for a ZV1. So mm-hmm. that's a ZV1 now. So my down angle is a ZV1. It's a pretty, pretty straightaway. I mean, you can go bring me full screen and then I'll show like um, kind of me live in here now. And uh, this is me now. Can you see me? Nice. Hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah. So this is this is my M50 right here. Um, this is, of course, a sign. Uh, I don't think this was in that picture. I got this later. Uh, right. I found a box that kind of fit. Um, other than that, yeah. Oh, and yeah, this is the OG Roadcaster Pro. The OG Roadcaster Pro. I mean, this is the new Roadcaster mm-hmm. Pro. Oh, and I, I I have these speakers now. These are the uh, these are really good, by the way. Uh, these are the iLoud iLoud speakers, right, um, right. By um, but IK Multimedia. Uh-huh. Um, they spon- they sponsored my show, so they get they sent me these, and I am very happy and pleased with these. Uh, I actually use these when I I take these same ones to conferences, right? When they need to hear um, audio out, I, I, I use these. So I would definitely recommend that. Oh, I, I use a Cal Digit as my main hub um, for backup audio. I believe it's very important to have backup audio. I have um, a Focusrite, right? And the Focusrite is just in play. 
Um, yeah, yeah. So I've actually, believe it or not, sometimes, you know, these these this equipment is great, but equipment is, is still tech, right? So sure. sometimes you can just have a tech blurb. Uh-huh. And I've actually been on live streams or before, right before a live stream where my roadcaster just had a blurb. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I just literally go right to my inputs and I set, I go to, um, I go to focus, right. And then I just plug my, uh, SM seven B into my focus, right. And you will never tell that anything happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe, I strongly believe in having backup audio and backup, uh, video. So like if yep. my main camera was to go down right here, if that camera was to go down right here, I would just turn around and start doing my show mm-hmm. uh, right here. I'll just do my show right here. And people will just, they will never know that this camera went down because I've been in live streams where like the camera overheat or something and it goes down in the middle of the live stream and I just click over here and they just think it's a part of the show, but really they don't know my camera went down. So I'm like, hey, yep. so yeah, so what we're going <laughs> to talk about now, uh-huh. we're going to talk about and, and just you would never know. So I think that's really important to just kind of have uh, two or three of everything, to be honest with you. Two, yep. two or three angles, two or three uh, mic situations, uh, audio situations, and things like that. Uh-huh. And you talked there about some different camera angles. One of the things I liked about uh, when the, the first time I saw your um, uh, live stream with you, where you uh, your interview show, where you actually starting on a different camera and different mic, and you know doing your sort of piece of camera the intro and then switch over. <laughs> it's just a little thing, yeah. but it's it's uh, it makes a difference. I think it sort of break it makes I, it have a different vibe to uh, uh, you know all of my stuff. Basically, I'm just sitting here, aren't I? <laughs> you know, so uh-huh. it, it, I didn't it, even think nobody noticed that or paid attention to it. So it's good to know somebody paid attention. To yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's just it just has a uh, like a different vibe from the intro, and then you know going over to it's yes, I, I really really yep. like that. And you were talking I earlier as well it. about, um, and in fact, I saw on your your Instagram. And by the way, all the uh, the links to everywhere you can find Alicia are in the description and in the show notes. So definitely go and check out all of these Thank things. You. But one thing you posted on your uh, Instagram uh, just uh, yesterday or the day before was the uh, the the sort of another set that you've been working on. Uh, so perhaps yes, you can yes. sort of tell us a little bit about that yeah, and the, I, the idea behind it. I, yeah, I can show y'all. Oh, cool. So it's it's actually right here on the side of my thing here. And I'm going to go to... Now, don't laugh at my studio. Y'all going to see the behind the scenes. So th- this is the thing, what I tell people all the time before I even show you that. What, one thing I learned about the power of like video, video cameras is framing. Mm-hmm. I think if you can understand framing, you can have so much more fun with content creation and video cameras because... One thing I didn't understand before I got cameras was I'm like, I'm looking at my office. I'm like, man, this is so ugly. Oh, man, people are not going to like how this look on camera. Boom, boom, boom. But then I understand the magic of framing. Framing basically is whatever's in the camera frame, you just focus on that and you dress that up as good as possible and you make that look like magic. So I just said that to say, don't don't laugh when you see how this looks because this is unscripted. Okay. So let me go ahead and just go to this camera. Boom. All right. And then I'm just going to turn this camera this way. Now, this is really dark, but um, I'm working on another setup on that, on that bookshelf. So you see like a good vibe sign right there? Yep. And then like this is, this is not lit up. But actually what I can do is, hold on. What I can do is I can actually put a light on that. So yeah. So yeah, not well, that's not too good. Yeah, if I was prepared, I would just would have had this set lit up. But this is basically a bookshelf. And basically what I want to do is I want to just be able to, because I want to get into some mindset stuff. And I want to, like I told you, I want to write some books and stuff. So I think people will take me a little bit more seriously when I get into that if I have a different setup that looks more like studious. Mm-hmm. So I want to have a setup that looks studious with like books and other stuff. So I'm not really done with that setup yet. But, you know, uh, I'm working on uh, about... I was telling you off camera that I'm working on about four setups in my little studio room. So mm-hmm. I have a very small studio room. I think it's like 12 by 12. Um, literally, I'm not kidding. It's like 12 by, maybe 10 by 10. It's, it's very small. But uh, I have, of course, my setup. This is, of course, my main setup. This is my main setup where I'm sitting down. I can do talking head videos. I can do things like that for YouTube, of course. But then I want another setup, basically, that is capturing my studio from my desk. So I always want to be able to show my desk setup, right? Mm-hmm. So with my logo and stuff like that. So this will be another, technically another set, you know, whatnot. And then the other setup is the one that, that you've seen uh, against the bookshelf. And then I have actually about, two, actually like two more different setups that I'm working in this room that that when you see them all independently and individually, you wouldn't probably even know I'm in the same room, mm-hmm. but I am. You know, So I think that's the magic of what I talk about with framing. 
because you can have all these different decent little setups and they're all in the same room in the same, just in different corners of the room. And people don't even know. They think, oh, where, where are you at today? Uh-huh. Like I'm in the same room, especially with vertical now, because you turn the camera sideways, it's getting a lot less landscape. Sure, it's just sure. getting up and down. Mm-hmm. So if you really, really thought about it, and I think this is what a lot of content creators do, especially with vertical videos, they have about f- maybe five to 10 setups in mm-hmm. their small rooms that they do vertical, different vertical things with, where it's like tutorials or unboxings or motivational speaking. They're just, you always see these content creators in there with different sets. Oh, that looks dope. Oh, that looks dope. That looks dope. I think they're all in the same room, just dressing up their their uh, sets differently. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. It, the, there's a really funny term from, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Camera Junkie, Lewis? And uh, so he calls that the cone of cleanliness. (laughs) So everything that you see inside that area uh, is all pristine on camera. But then, you know, anything you could, you don't want to be on camera, you can just push push out of the way. (laughs) I think I'm 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 still in it. The cone of cleanliness. I'm still in it for sure. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's a genius term that is. (laughs) But but but, you know, and and kind of going back to my set, what I will there's two things I want to encourage people with. One, um, this setup just like yours and anybody else's was an evolution. Mm-hmm. It took me probably like two years to get it to where I felt like, oh man, this is it now. This is, I can really, you know, this is it. But it, it takes time. I wouldn't say break the bank because this is like $20,000 worth of stuff in here, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. You know, between just, you know, it's like 20 grand worth of stuff in here. Like my computer alone was like almost five grand, right? Right. So it's, it's an evolution. Yep. So that's what I want to encourage people with. Like, don't try to build your setup, your studio, your what we call content creation battle station. Don't try to build that overnight. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to stress yourself out. You're going to put undue and unfair stress on yourself and work. Just take your time with it and, and don't get gas and, and buy stuff you don't need. You know how much stuff I, I, I bought that I never used? And down to this A10 Mini Pro. I bought this A10 Mini Pro, bro. And I have not used this A10 Mini Pro one time. I bought this thing and haven't used it one time because I thought I needed it. But mm-hmm. again, with the power of Ecamm, I never needed the, I never needed this at all. So now I just keep it on my desk because I don't want an empty space on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Like the way I have my setup is I have, uh, let me see if I can go back to this camera. The way I have my setup, it's kind of petty, but can you see this? The way yes, I have my yep. setup, I have my, yeah, my, uh, uh, A10 Mini Pro, my yep. stream deck, and I have my um, focus right. So it fills in this little space perfectly. Mm-hmm. If I was to take my A10 Mini Pro out, I have a hole right here. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so the only reason I have not sold this thing is because I don't want a hole right here <laughs> in my desk. So as soon as I figure out what can go right here, uh-huh. then I will probably be selling this thing. So, um, But the second thing I want to encourage people with, and I'll just go back to this camera, is I'm going to be honest with y'all. I have a cousin who has none of this stuff. Go, you can go to her channel. Are you on the internet? Yeah, yeah. Go, mm-hmm. Yeah, bring yourself on the internet and go to this YouTube channel. This is my little cousin, okay? Um, the thing about her is she has none of the stuff I have, mm-hmm. right? Can you, pu- can you pull up the internet? Yeah, what's the well, channel? It, yeah, it's uh, Dream Home Base Work. Dream Home Base Work. I believe that's what the channel is. And then you can just like show it on the screen share. And I just use her as an example because she has none of the stuff I have. I kid you not. She literally just uses the webcam that's on her laptop. She don't have no no good lighting or nothing. But she has she has now has over a hundred thousand. Uh, yep, that's my little cousin. You see that little vector? I did that vector for her because I was doing vectors. I need to send you your vector. I did you a vector. I, I don't think I ever sent it to you. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, for yeah, yeah. I'll send you your vector. Sweet. Yep. So I, I got you a vector. I'm going to send it over. Nice. So that vector I got created for her. And that's my little cousin. Her little, her name her name is Keisha, right? And uh, we were kind of, we grew up together. Look how many subscribers she has. Yeah, right? 164,000. Yeah. Now right. look, look at her, look at her camera. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does that look, that's the webcam. Right, right. Okay. So I, this is a, this is actually a true story that she has none of the stuff I have. Mm-hmm. She stays focused on creating content. Mm-hmm. My little cousin, this was last year. She showed me her ad revenue. She makes from from YouTube alone, she gets over $10,000 per month 
and YouTube ad revenue alone. Right. So that's 120,000 a year that she makes from YouTube ad, re- ad revenue in her niche cuz her the home the home work from home niche right right is one of the highest paid CPMs on YouTube. Mm-hmm. This one of the highest paid CPMs on YouTube. So she gets over $10,000 a month in ad revenue alone. She also has courses. She has mentorships. She also has affiliate marketing. She has a bunch of stuff that where I just saw my cousin Probably she's probably making like a half a million now. Not even lying. She's probably making a half a million a year that all started from her YouTube channel. And she has none of the equipment I have. She mm-hmm. has none of this stuff. So I said all that to say, you don't need none of this stuff, <laughs> guys, to make a lot of money on YouTube and to be successful on YouTube. You don't need none of this stuff. You need content that is very valuable to people, content that's important that people are searching for. And you need consistency and a good work ethic. And I'm telling you, you don't need none of this stuff. You can be, still be super successful. So I just kind of had to say that because I don't want nobody to leave in our stream tonight and feeling hopeless. Like, oh, I'll never have that stuff they got. <laughs> well, guess what? You don't need it. I got a little cousin making a half a million a year and she don't got none of this stuff. So that's what I want to say. Well, that is a brilliant place to wrap it up because I normally like to ask, you know, what's the one thing you want, one bit of advice you want to give before we, uh, we finish? And that yeah, is just yeah. the perfect bit of advice there. <laughs> So I I just want to be conscious of your time. It is the top of the hour. So thank you so much for coming and sharing your, your wisdom with us all and sharing your space and everything like that. It's been a real, real pleasure speaking with you. Yes. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And whenever you need me, bro, uh, hopefully I won't be in the middle of another hurricane. (laughs) Feel free to hit me up and I'll be glad to jump on. We need to do a stream before we jump off me, you and like a few other people who's in the space and just have like a nice stream with like four or five or six of us and just we just powwow and talk about what we're doing and some life hacks, some career hacks and really just have fun on the stream and just kind of like talk about what we're doing and help people out answer some questions live. I think that would be dope like a group stream. I think that would be dope. Well, I'm I'm here for that for sure. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know, I'll be there anytime. <laughs> okay, cool. So, yeah, yeah. All right, y'all. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. Thanks. And, uh, thanks. Thanks so much. I'll let you wrap up the show. Cool, man. Thank you so much. (laughs) In the next episode, I'll be joined by Keith Pelzer. Keith is another great man with very many talents. Uh, And just as Elisio has uh, had some legendary live streams in the Ecamm community, uh, Keith is a bit of a legend himself, especially when it comes to his studio setup. With uh, probably six more cameras than most setups, uh, camera sliders and a jib for that ultimate panning shot, uh, it really does have to be seen to be believed. (laughs) And then there's the overall aesthetic and the lighting and everything like that that he's got going on. It's it's truly one of a kind. And his studio uh, was another inspiration to me when I was thinking about how to set up mine and I'm, I've got a long way to go before I get to uh, either his or Alicio's level either but uh, there's so much more that we're going to be able to talk with uh, Keith about next week uh, and it's going to be far more than just studio talk as well so it's sure to be another insightful conversation so I hope to see you there and in the meantime have an absolutely wonderful week ahead see you next time <laughs>